Take a deep, long inhale through your nose. And exhale through your nose. Welcome to Namaste Podcast. I'm Katie J, and I'm a mindset mentor, manifestation coach, and meditation guide. I'm here to help you become the best version of yourself so you can live a life of overflowing joy, peace, love, and prosperity. If you're looking to create a life fueled by happiness, driven by joy, and flowing with the abundance of the universe, then you have come to the right place. Because we are all spiritual beings having a human experience, my goal with this podcast is to help you shed any layers of doubt, fear, and suffering that have accumulated in your mind body so that you can finally experience your most authentic self. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of personal empowerment and high vibe spiritual growth. I will provide you with stories, tools, and strategies from myself and people just like you. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's begin. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today we have a really special guest. We have DL and DL actually interviews me for her podcast. So we're excited to kind of swap episodes a little bit. So DL, would you mind just letting everyone know where you're calling in from? I am calling in from Raleigh, North Carolina. (laughs) I love it. And is that where you're from or are you kind of a transplant there? I am definitely a transplant. I am not a Southern girl whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. But I am from Baltimore, Maryland, and I grew up in the D.C. area. So I'm definitely a city girl. I um, went to undergrad here. I went to Meredith College in Raleigh. It's a small all-women's college. Then I got my master's at UNC Chapel Hill, which is not that far from Raleigh. So I just stayed in the area. I met a guy, got stuck here, and now it's home. I love that. So you said you said you're not a Southern girl, but how do you, how have you been adapting to the Southern culture? Oh my gosh! Um, the one thing about Southern culture that I've realized is they are Southerners are very emotional and they care. It comes from a good place of caring and wanting to be there for one another. And so I realized when I am meeting new people or I'm approaching a certain situation at my day job that I come from that place and always just being transparent and open with people. So that has been the biggest adjustment compared to being in the city where no one really cares and they just keep to themselves. So just being in the Southern environment has been that biggest change for me. Oh yeah. I'm I'm from the South. I'm from Austin, Texas. So I definitely know what you're talking about. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So what was one of your fondest childhood memories that you feel kind of defined Um, you? Um, For me, I've always been very ambitious and I've always had very big dreams and goals. And so I guess one of the biggest memories and one of the 
memories that had the biggest impact on my life rather was when I wanted to be a safety patrol officer in the fifth grade. And at that time, no other little girl, no other person of color really was a safety patrol. And it was a very extensive interview process. Like we had to do several rounds of interviews as fifth graders, if you can imagine that. And I just remember telling my mom, like, I want to be a safety patrol officer. I really want that. And so I would practice and I would tell my teachers that I wanted to be a safety patrol officer and I ended up getting the position and I was so excited and so that kind of just taught me how even if I have my own stipulations or I have my own doubts I can still achieve whatever I want if I work hard enough and if I believe that I can achieve whatever that is and so that has really carried throughout my whole life as far as like my career and now my journey into entrepreneurship and even my mindset work that belief of I can do this no matter the obstacles that I have in my way, no matter what people are telling me, no matter of the things that I I see that I could possibly fail at, I can do it. And it's more than available to me. Wow. That's a really, I love that you shared that story. I was also a safety patrol officer in fifth grade, but it was a little different situation. We was kind of like a rotation each fifth grade class got to do it. So it's kind of interesting to see even within that experience that seems to be very uh, common across the United States that you had a completely different uh, reality and lesson from that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's strange that they made us go through such a rigorous process. Like it wasn't just a free fall that you would think you would allow in an elementary school, but that kind of taught me that at a young age, like things don't come as easy as you would think, or there might be other things getting in your way, but you can still achieve that goal. Which is so important to learn at such a young age. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that has kind of impacted your current work as well. Oh, definitely. A thousand percent. Yeah. I was going to ask kind of how that has impacted your work and if you could share with the audience more about what your work is. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, what is my work? That's such a big, big question. So right now I am a business coach and a life strategist. And so I really help people who want to start a business actually start their business. I help service-based entrepreneurs and coaches sign clients consistently while they're holding down a nine to five. And so those folks who have a business idea and they don't know what to start with, they don't know what to do, they don't know what to post on social media, but they want something bigger for themselves. They want something just larger. They want a bigger impact. They want a bigger income for their family. They may want to just change their generational tree. Like for me, no one in my family really had money. No one in my family really had wealth. And I think that I was placed on this earth and I think I was placed in my family to kind of break that generational curse. And so I've been working really, really hard to teach that to other people and just to teach people the awesomeness and the joy and the gift that entrepreneurship is. And I know that you have a lot of spiritual wellness folks who listen to your podcast and there is an opportunity there that they can do that full time. They can really make an impact and also have an income from themselves doing something that they love. And so that is the work that I started doing. And I got into this work really because of my student loans. I got my bachelor's and my master's in social work. So that's basically a teacher's salary, probably a little less. Um, So I went into it not really, uh, well, I went into it knowing that I wouldn't be making a ton of money. But when I actually got my student loans and when 
I actually saw my salary, I realized, okay, I'm going to have to get a second job or I'm going to have to start my own business. And at that time I heard about network marketing and I dove into that and I realized that it wasn't a greatest fit for me. I didn't really like the structure of having other people to rely on my income, like having your downline or other team members rely on your income. And so I actually just started my own life coaching business with my background in social work. But the thing about network marketing is it just taught me all about entrepreneurship and we read so many mindset books and I dove into podcasts. It was the first time I ever listened to a podcast. And I told you, Katie, that you were one of the very first podcasts I ever listened to. So it was just an honor to be on your show. But I realized that, wait a minute, I can have so much more control over my life if I have my own business. I can have so much control over my daily experiences if I'm controlling how I can bring in an income every day. And so network marketing kind of broke down those barriers for me. But then when I started going into my own business and my own ventures, the floodgates just opened and I just started soaking everything up from mindset and gratitude and manifestation and law of attraction, then also the strategy side of business, like client attraction, social media strategy. What does it look like to charge someone for your services? And I've just fell in love with it ever since. So that is kind of my life's work. I know I'm put on this earth to really just show people that they have more control over their lives than what they think by starting their own business, by going into the world of entrepreneurship. I'm so glad that you are in this in this world because you're what you bring to the world is so, so, so necessary. Mm, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I hear your enthusiasm and your excitement about your work, it just shines through so easily. And I, I was thinking about how, when I took, you know, basically business 101 in college and one of my biggest takeaways from that class was that 90, you know, I don't know the statistic exactly, but 90% of businesses fail within the first five years. And that's kind of the taste in my mouth that I was left with as far as entrepreneurship goes. And it just, you know, you mentioned mindset quite a bit. So I'm curious how, if you kind of see that show up in your, in your clients, if they're like, I, I, I want to start this business, but I'm, I'm so focused on failure and how you, how you work with them with that. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And it's something that I struggle with too. And I don't think that the idea of failure, it never goes away. And I'll give you a quick example. So I'm launching a group program right now. And before I was just taking one-on-one clients and I was so scared to launch a group. My audience isn't big. I don't have a million followers on Instagram. And I was just petrified, like the numbers don't work, like this will fail. And I realized that I was creating a story for myself. I was creating a reality that didn't even happen. I was already writing my own story of that failure. And so, you know, with the consultant of my business besties and my coach and my mentors, I realized that I was self-sabotaging that opportunity for myself. And so I decided to write a different story, even though it logically didn't make sense, like even though the numbers didn't add up. And I realized that as I was writing that story, I was actually manifesting that reality. I was actually creating that reality. And so now the group program is filled up two months before I'm actually supposed to launch it without all of the different stress or all of the different fears that I had because I was able just to take control of how I thought about it, take control how I'm feeling about this, and I was able to manifest into reality. And so my advice for anyone who is really just worried about the fear aspect. And in business, you can be afraid 
of so many things. Like, what is your mom going to think? Or what am I supposed to say on social media? Or if I invest into a mentor that's thousands of dollars, will I return my investment? Is this thing going to work? Like there are a million different fears that you can have in business. I would always encourage someone to think about your thoughts and your thoughts will 100% control your results. And if you're thinking and leaning into that failure constantly, that is what you're going to bring up in your business and that is what you're going to see. But if you can focus more on the positive thoughts and the thoughts of the reality that you actually want to create, you will see that manifest in your business. I love everything that you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's something that a lot of people, you know, it just sounds too good to be true, right? It sounds too good to be true that can I really just change my thoughts and my reality will be different? No, not immediately. No, not right away. But I have seen it time and time again with my current business. I've seen it time and time again with my uh, client's business that when we are able to shape the way that we look at things, they always manifest in that way. They always manifest in the way that we want to see that result come to fruition. Absolutely. And did you, how did you learn how to do that? How did you learn, where did you learn that process of manifesting? I think first and foremost, being around the right people. And so not like a lot of my friends in the area who went to college with me and and who went to graduate school with me, they're not starting their businesses. And so when I would talk to folks, uh, my friends who don't know anything about entrepreneurship, I'll talk to them about my business, I would just get blank stares and they had no idea what I was talking about, let alone this whole mindset spiritual world. And so I actually got into a mastermind with girls who understood that world and I actually was paired up. I was really just lucky and I think it was the universe doing some work in my um, path. I was paired up with people who really understood that space. So I was able to learn a lot. So I think it's the people that you surround yourself with and say, for instance, like, okay, DL, like I don't, I don't have that core group of people or I don't know how to find them or I can't afford it. Podcast, this podcast, especially like this would be a great place to really dive deep and go into learning more about the mindset and spiritual world when it comes to manifestation. Another podcast that I love, um, it's called The Manifestation Babe. She talks a lot about money specifically in business and how we can manifest money for business purposes for our life and to increase our wealth overall. So podcast is another great start. Yeah, I love Manifestation Babe and I didn't want to admit it for the longest time because she, like I'm just my branding, I have never really been into pink and that's kind of her, her <laughs> you know main color in all of her branding, but if I finally when I finally learned to look past all the pink, I realized that she has a really really powerful message and she's done her research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's and a really I- great resource. Yeah. And I know that she was trained by Amanda Francis. So that's another one who's really into the manifestation and the money mindset sort of thing. So you, you have a coach of your own, correct? Yes, I do. Yeah. I, I remember looking at one of your Instagram posts recently about how you bought one program from your coach and then you know you were kind of going back and forth about buying the second program and you were like, no, it's not about the you know it's not about having the fact that I haven't had the results after the first program I I still need guidance I still need help I still need you know someone to that that community so can you kind of talk a, a little bit about that situation oh my gosh yes well I got so much feedback on that post it 
one of my friends at DL, like source spoke through you when you were writing that post that resonated with a whole bunch of people. Because in terms of business, I believe that one must invest in order to have the results and really maximize their opportunity when it comes to business. So what that normally looks like is investing in a mentor or a program or some sort of partnership where you can learn more about business and kind of speed up your success in that way. So if you hear me talking about investing in a coach, that's what I mean. There are tons of different options and different levels and different price points that people can invest in themselves. And one thing that I see a lot of people doing and one thing that I caught myself doing was saying, okay, well, I'm going to invest And in this particular case, my coach, I did a one-on-one package with her and she was twice my monthly salary. So twice my salary as a social worker, that was the cost of her program. And it was insane. I almost like double blinked and like, you know, in the movies, how like they rub their eyes to make sure they're seeing things correctly. Like that was me just checking to see like, am I seeing everything correctly? Is she really that much? And so I definitely had sticker shock, but I moved some things around and I was able to invest in her program and I didn't get any results. I didn't make my first sale in my business. I learned a ton. I learned a lot of information about what it looks like to start a business and I got really everything I needed. I just didn't see any results and that wasn't at any fault to her. Um, But then she was launching a mastermind and it looked really, really cool. And I already saw some of the women in it and they are just, they, they were where I wanted to be. And I kept saying like, I have to get in that, like I have to get in that space. But then I kept reverting to, but I need to see if this works. I already invested X amount of thousands of dollars. I need to see if this works. And I kept going back into that space. But then I said to myself, why am I going to sit on this opportunity and wait for something to happen? Like whenever we get into that sort of kind of a victim mindset of, oh, I'm just going to wait for whatever result, or I'm going to wait to see if this happens. I'm going to sit back and not take radical responsibility in our life and just see if this is going to happen. Whenever we get into that space, something is missing. There's a lack of mindset in that. And so I told myself, you know what, I'm not going to wait. If I knew what to do, I would be doing it and I would be making money in my business. So it's evident that I need to keep learning. And so I reinvested and just everything changed for me. My business skyrocketed. I was able to make more money in my business than in my day job. And in that moment, I just, I never looked back. I always valued investing in a coach, investing in a mentor, investing in my personal development. Here's a, here's a crazy story, Katie. Oh my gosh. So I actually saw this live event in California. So I'm in North Carolina. I'm across the country. I saw this event. I saw this sticker price of this event. I said, there's no way I can afford that. And then that weekend was the weekend I was supposed to fly out to Africa for a work project. Everything said no about me going to this event, but I knew I just had to be in that room for some reason. I knew it would change my life. And so exactly a week from me deciding that I was going to go, I didn't know how I was going to go, but I was going to go. The leader of this group, this leader of the live event, was hosting a contest and we had to like post on social media, be super vulnerable about why we think we should win free tickets to our live event. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. Like that's too embarrassing saying that you want a free ticket on her social media platform. And she has like 50,000 followers. I put away my pride. I did it. I won the tickets. And then I was like, Oh my God, now I'm going to have to talk to my scary boss about letting me change my flights that were already purchased so that I can go to California right before I'm supposed to leave for Africa. 
and my boss is a very interesting person <laughs> to say the least. And I was very afraid of that, but it ended up happening. She ended up saying, okay, and it wasn't that big of a deal. And so that was just another instance of where I saw the universe line up with what I was trying to attract. I saw the universe work in my favor and I saw the universe kind of meet me halfway when I stood up and said, this is what I want. This is the result that I'm trying to call in and getting very specific. I told the universe, I said, I want to go to California to this live event. Don't know how, don't know when, don't know what, but I need to go. I need to be in that space. And then things started moving and shifting within a matter of weeks. I was in California, front seat, soaking up all of that information about how I can grow my business. And so I think in terms of investing, to go back to your original question, it is scary. It is intimidating. You don't know how everything is going to work. And it is a massive, massive risk, especially if you are struggling with money, point blank period. Like if money is a very sore spot for you, if you have a lot of trauma around money, if just money is very uncomfortable. And for a lot of people, like I said, trauma, uh, money is very traumatic and it carries a lot of baggage. And so when it comes to investing high ticket and high dollar, it can be like, no, there's no way I can do that. But I would always encourage people to just open up the door and tell the universe that this is something that you want. And then just watch how it will manifest into your favor and you'll be able to get the results that you want. That story gave me chills because <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a, and you bring up a good point. There's a very clear difference between spending money because, you know, you want to feel a certain way. Like, you know, if I buy this, you know, this actually, this is an example that Manifestation Babe gave in one of her podcasts where she's like, in order to feel like you have the private jet, you don't have to go out and buy the private jet, right? There are other things that you can do to feel wealthy or feel like you're investing in your business. And maybe that just means a podcast episode for now. Maybe that means reading a blog or subscribing to a newsletter. But then at some point, you're going to feel this urge to make a bigger investment because the bigger you invest, the more energy you put towards it, you know, both, both financial energy and then your own energy. And what I've been, just been repeating to myself over and over again is that people who pay, pay attention because you can I give something away for free, but if they don't have any skin in the game, then, you know, and, and that's something that I've been struggling with as an entrepreneur is just like even just pricing my, my options. Yeah. Pricing is hard. It's really, really difficult. And I, I always encourage folks to think about it from an energy perspective. Like my one-on-one, my one-on-one is very intensive. I give my all to it energetically. And I realize at a certain point, like, this isn't worth my energy. Like I'm not feeling an equal energy exchange. So kind of putting the money aside and looking at how much energy are you showing up to a call with? How much energy are you giving your clients? How much energy does this whole process take to prepare for a client call? Like looking at from a more energetic standpoint can help with pricing. But I love that example about investing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have a question for you. I recently added, um, you know, donation based meditations on my website and, you know, just people can come and they can download them is, you know, how do you think that that, um, like 
the the culture around donations because you've worked in in social work as well, and I'm just kind of curious how what your what your thoughts are on that. I think donations are fine as long as the mindset is there, as long as the intentions rather are there. Like, why are you accepting donations? Is it um, just to have another income stream, or is it really to donate to the efforts of that cause? Um, when we're thinking about in nonprofits, that's kind of where my background is. A lot of people want to donate for a certain cause, for a reason. And so I think for your meditations, that's a great example. Like they want to donate to your efforts and to something that you're doing and giving back into the community. I think that is a phenomenal way. And a lot of people kind of, they are confused on donations rather than like paying. Like what is the difference? I think donations, is it they can just donate any type of monetary benefits, kind of like pay what you want, right? Exactly, yeah. Right. Well, a lot of um, restaurants are doing that too. Um, a lot of restaurants in my area specifically, they have a pay what you want. And so you can come in, order any type of food you want in the menu, and then you just pay what you want. You pay what you can rather. And so I think that's kind of to break down socioeconomic barriers too. So say a person um, who is experiencing homelessness, if they go into that restaurant, all they have is a dollar, they can still get the same meal that someone is paying $25 for. And so I think that is a great way to break down economic barriers and just having a more donation pool. But as long as, of course, like your expenses are being paid for, if things are still functioning in your business, I think that would be a fine model. Awesome. That's a really good point. I I didn't realize that restaurants were doing that. There's a, a studio that originated in Austin called Black Swan Yoga. They're now in all over Texas and expanding to Colorado soon, where I got my yoga teacher training. But they're a donation-based yoga studio. And that's what I, I really love that about them because, you know, they're we we want more people doing yoga. That's the whole reason why yoga exists is to spread the unity and love. And I know you mentioned that you also do yoga and how that's helped you as well. Can you kind of expand upon that? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm no certified yogi like you, Katie. I would definitely look up to you for that. Um, but I do practice yoga. And for me, I have always struggled with anxiety and depression. And I've always been leaning into ways that I can be more holistic with how I heal myself, heal my anxiety and heal my depression. So yoga was something that I was actually introduced to when I was in network marketing because the company I partnered with had a yoga series and it was okay uh, for a network marketing company, but it actually encouraged me to go into a studio for the first time. And so I went and Katie, it was incredible. Like we did a whole flow we um, meditated afterwards and then they sprayed lavender mist while we were um, in the sleep space. I can't think of the name right now, but when we were, I think it, what is the ending rest pose? Can you remind me? Shavasana. Shavasana. Thank you. Um, I remember them spraying lavender mist and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and so I just, I remember going after that class and saying, I need to make yoga a part of my practice as much as possible, even though I'm struggling with time, even though I can't devote every single day to it, just incorporating it into my wellness will definitely help my business. And now I go at least once a week into the studio and I try to do at least a few poses a day at home. But this last time I was in the studio, I actually received several downloads about 
where I'm supposed to be in my business, where my business is taking me, where my life is taking me. And I think just the quietness and the centeredness of yoga can be very healing for people, especially side hustlers, especially people who are trying to start a business in a day job and possibly have a family or other obligations thinking of a space where you can go in or just thinking of your mat as a sacred space where you can let everything off but step into that zone and just be you and just be centered and be calm and go through the flow if you want or just rest. I think that is so healing, especially in our day and age when we're inundated with responsibilities, we're inundated with a lot of different things that we're supposed to do. Yoga has just been probably the primary self-care tool that I uh, use in my life. And it's funny, my fiance will say, I can tell you haven't been doing your yoga. (laughs) He'll say that to me um, because yoga just centers me so much. So I definitely think it's something that everyone should at least try and see if it helps them in their life. Where do you practice yoga? Bliss Body Studio in Raleigh. Um, It is the studio that uh, actually when I was uh, working at my school and my graduate program, they had a teacher come and do um, trauma-infused yoga. And she actually mentioned that she is an owner at the studio. So I said, oh, and I went to graduate school in Chapel Hill. And so uh, Raleigh is about 30 minutes away. I said, oh, that's right down the street for me. So I checked it out and I just, I fell in love with it. It's the only place that I go. And with that studio in particular, I'm always the youngest person. I'm always the only person of color. Um, and so that is something that eventually I want to get the courage to talk to the owners about and saying, how can I be more a part of the community to let other people of color know that this is a safe space? Um, so that's something that I kind of want to dive into. Um, but yeah. I think that's a great idea because the studio that the studio, I've gone to a few studios um, just because I've moved around quite a bit and I feel like it's it's very common for me to be the only woman of color in in the whole class. And so um, I, I'm, I'm still kind of stuck on this, you know, internet yoga is really popular. It's booming. People can do it on YouTube. And I want more people doing yoga, but I, I have this resistance to going to teaching on the internet just because I feel like I'm a much better teacher in person. Do you enjoy being in person or do you ever do it, do yoga online? It's so funny that you say that. I hate doing yoga at home. Absolutely hate it. (laughs) I, I just, for some reason, it doesn't flow with me. I think it's the physical act of preparing my mind to go to yoga, quote unquote, getting in my car, driving to the studio, leaving my phone in the car, leaving everything behind and walking in. I think it's that ritual for me where I physically leave my life behind and I step into that very sacred calm space where I don't have to worry about my phone going off, don't have to worry about my fiance coming home and being annoying. I don't have to worry about those things. I can just be me. And um, I think it's also the community, the breath, the dim lights. I don't know. I think it's just the energy that I'm, I think that's more of what I'm getting at, the energy of being in the studio. And I, they have workshops like how to start an at-home practice. And I've been to all of them. It hasn't really gotten me anywhere. So I think energetically, uh, me practicing yoga in a studio is kind of where I'm leaning towards. So that, that's interesting that you, you, haven't, you don't want to consider or maybe possibly go down the route of doing it online. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot, I would need more technology in order for the end product to look how I want it to. And I think there's so much validity in what you said about 
the studio. It just being able to step outside of your normal to-do list and just create a space that is intentionally just for you and your mat. And one thing that you said earlier is you said, I got certain downloads at yoga. And that's something I've always struggled with is that there's this feeling like once you get on your mat, you should be able to completely step away, step away from everything that's going on in your life and just focus on you for just that 60 minutes or whatever it is. But in my personal practice, I've noticed that when I go to yoga, I actually end up becoming a clearer channel of communication with the universe. And that's when I, like you said, download information that's really useful. Yeah, I. that's funny. I never thought of it that way either. But yeah, I think it's because we are centered and because we are focused on you, the universe is communicating with us exactly how you put it. The universe is saying, okay, since everything is away, since all these other distractions are away, here's a moment where I can directly communicate with you and I can directly share with you information about different paths that I see you on, different things that are going to come up in your life, different things that will manifest. I think, yeah, the universe likes it when we go to yoga. (laughs) The universe likes it when we go to yoga. <laughs> I like that. I need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned that you're changing the name of your podcast. So I just want to get more information about that. And then what is next for you? Because you also talked about you have a program coming up, but it's already full. So how can people work with you if they're interested? Yes, yes. So I'm changing the name of my podcast. I... Right now, it's called The Freedom Hustler Show, and I love that name because at first I thought, well, I want to tell people about entrepreneurship so that they become free, so that they can just have freedom over their finances and over their life and over their location, just freedom. And then I started spending a little bit more time in the entrepreneurship communities and the online space, and no one is really being honest. No one is really being raw about how draining and slow and another word like just ebb and flow and ever changing this entrepreneurship journey is and no one is sharing that so I'm changing the podcast name to side hustle with soul and I really want to share a lot more stories about manifestation I want to share a lot more ways that the mindset can impact your income like there's a direct correlation I've seen it time and time again in my business and again in my clients Um, so that is the new name of the podcast I'm really excited I'm doing a full rebrand kind of like namaste doing a full rebrand podcast like the whole nine yards so I'm really excited about that and the group program is closed but people can always work with me one-on-one and that is a really fun intimate way where I can definitely share with people how they can grow their business and how can they create a life that they want with an income that they enjoy earning without having to clock in without being super stressed on actually how to build it and by actually receiving some money and with actually getting some gain energetically from the clients that they want to work with. And so I always have one-on-one spots available. People can always follow me on Instagram to learn more. My Instagram handle is sidebizcoach, biz with a Z. Awesome. So they can learn more about you from Instagram. And then where can they go on the web? Yes. So my website is my name. It's a little complicated, but it's DL Sharon. So it's D-I-E 
L-L-E-S-H-A-R-O-N.com. And they can learn more about the podcast, get a few freebies that I have there and learn about my coaching programs. This episode is brought to you by Self Love Stones. These simple yet beautiful stone necklaces are handcrafted by moms, so you know there's tons of love going into these necklaces. New stones come out every month, and if you use the code NAMASTE in all lowercase at checkout, you will get 10% off of your order, and you will help support this podcast in the process. Check them out on Instagram at self love stones and online at selflovestones.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Namaste Podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you took a screenshot of you listening to the podcast on your phone and added it to your Instagram story. Tag at Namaste Podcast and help us spread love and light all over this world. As always, head on over to namastepodcast.com for donation-based meditations to explore my courses and coaching programs and to view episode summaries. Also, if you think the world needs more good energy like what you heard today, please rate and review this podcast on your app of choice. Five stars means you loved it, and writing a short review means you double loved it. Thanks for stopping by today. I'll see you next time. Namaste.